Welcome to Adventures of a 20-something podcast, where we explore the ins and outs of navigating life in your 20s. This is a podcast for all the other self-discoverers, all the other people in the pursuit of purpose, and all the other 20-somethings not sure what the heck they want to do with their life. So let's figure it out together. With your host, a 25-year-old in a continual transition state of life herself, Ariana Sweetenich. On this episode of Adventures of a 20-something, we'll hear from 27-year-old Dijon Anderson. He'll talk about his experience as a black male in America, and we'll also cover what health and wellness can look like from the outside in. Now, here's Dijon. Okay, so hello. I'm with a new friend, Dijon, that I just met this past week working on this really cool project that a mutual friend of ours, Makomi, has started called Storefront Stories mm-hmm. uh, in downtown San Jose, um, spreading solidarity through art by painting storefronts. Um, and Dijon and I got acquainted through that. and. I found out he has a really cool story and a cool perspective, and uh, I, so I asked him to be on the podcast. So, um, Dijon, can you just introduce yourself a little bit? Just give some basic info about who you are and um, how old you are and what you're doing right now in life. All right. And so, hello, everyone. My name is Dijon or Dijon Anderson. Um, right now in life, this is the 20-somethings podcast. And so, in a way, like most people, I'm still really like figuring it out. But I do know what I've been called to do in life. And that's really to help people, you know, get to the next stage of their greatness. And the thing about it is, you know, like we're often told like so many times that, you know, like, hey, maybe you should do this or maybe you should do that. Right. But realistically, I feel like we should just live our lives with like, number one, a good intention and then also try to provide the most value for people as possible. And then everything else like really should fall in line. Absolutely. So what brought you to that point? Like, how did you find out that that was your passion? Ah, so it's, I found that that was my passion, I feel like early on, right? And so my parents are both Jamaican immigrants. Um, I was born in Jamaica, so were my siblings. And my parents like worked their butts off, you know, and even though they're working their butts off to take care of me, my brothers, you know, my sisters, they always made time to like help other people, right? And so there was never a time when someone like needed something and my mom was just like, no, like this can't be done, right? And so it's just like growing up and seeing that hard work and then seeing, you know, people who, like my parents who, and my parents and other people who just maybe didn't even have the most, right? But they gave what they had. And so even now, like my mom's one of my biggest inspirations because she's a medical care technician and she actually owns her own small business and so like she's dedicated her life to helping like the elderly right and so i just told myself that if there's anything that i could possibly do in life the best thing to do is to give back you know in that way provide as much value to people and sometimes you don't know like where that's going to take you right and so Like my family moved from Jamaica to New York, like moved to New Jersey for a bit, back to New York, to Georgia, back to New York, back to Atlanta. Um, I went to school in Winston-Salem, North Carolina at Winston-Salem State University, the best HBCU on on, on the face of the planet, right? (laughs) And so 
I've been afforded the wonderful opportunity to, you know, interact with so many different types of people. And in terms of figuring it out and coming to that, it just took me taking a step back to say, okay, what exactly do I want out of life? And how could I possibly create that? Mm. And that's kind of, you know, how I got to where I am now. Wonderful. And so what led you guys to move back and forth as much as you did? Ah, so when we first got here, you know, it was my mom with three kids, right? And my dad was still back in Jamaica. And so my mom was basically um, like moving like with family member to family member and such. So we had like family members in New York, in New Jersey, um, down in Atlanta too. And so really like wherever my mom could get a job at the time, she was like, okay, like I'm gonna work here. You know, I'm gonna take my kids with me. Uh, if I don't like this and it's not really working out, then, you know, I'm gonna try to put my kids in the best possible situation. Mm. And so that's kind of like the thing that had us moving around, whether it was, it was to put us in like a better school district right even if it the, the commute was like an hour or hour and a half like she made sure that that happened so that we can um be kind of put in the best possible situation yeah absolutely yeah yeah i think moms are just like heroes in that they put their whole lives on hold to make sure that their kids can have the best possible opportunities in life mm-hmm. so that's super badass I love completely it. selfless <laughs> you know and um so what did you study in college all right, so in college I studied history and then I was also a political science minor. And so, you know, adventures of a 20 something, I literally thought that I was gonna go to law school, become, you know, a civil rights lawyer and that was gonna be how like I spent my life, right? Advocating for the people who don't have a voice for themselves. And I really had to take a step back because even though I loved advocating and, you know, I do have a really great voice and a strong presence, it, just did not feel right it didn't sit right with your soul yeah and so it was okay well you know law school is cool however i do want to work with the people who don't have a voice right and i was also thinking about impact Mm -hmm. right how can i make the largest impact possible and what i was seeing was that you know there's so many marginalized individuals that you can probably only get to a few right so what's the biggest way that i can make this impact and so I had a lot of mentors who were, you know, business professionals, even when I was in Atlanta and even my mom started her own, you know, small business. And then I saw the impact that she had on the people and on the community. And so I told myself, well, like, why not try to do this through business? Right. Mm -hmm. And so when you do have a business, you can decide how you want to allocate your funds. Right. You don't have to wait on government to sit there and twiddle their thumbs for two weeks or three weeks or a month or a hundred years to yeah. make something happen. Right? All that red tape and bureaucracy that comes with lawmaking is it's, serious. <laughs> it's, it's terrible. And I mean, we're seeing it with exactly what's going on right now, like with COVID, with Black Lives Matter, with, you know, with, with just human rights in general. Exactly. And so I just know that, you know, business can and it does make a huge impact on the world as opposed to being completely like for profit, mm-hmm. I've been looking at, you know, social entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. which basically bridges the gap between a nonprofit and a for profit industry. And so I don't have it all figured out, but I do know that that right there is the space that I want to work on, right? Like create profit that way I can give back to the community that's given me so much. I love that. I actually learned about social entrepreneurship in college too and it got me super excited and that's my dream too to start a social enterprise. No way. Yeah, yeah. So that's great that we have that overlap. Mm -hmm. Um, What kind of social enterprise specifically are you kind of dreaming about at the moment? So for me it's 
a holistic approach to health. Mm. And the reason for that is because health, especially in the black community, we're dying of issues that with a bit of diet and exercise, we really wouldn't have to worry about it, right? Mm. And so, like even, you know, with my mom, like obesity is one of the like biggest factors, not even just for black people, but in the United States period, right? And so it's, well, how do we get people to live a healthy lifestyle, right? And I tried for so long to, you know, try to motivate people to work out, to eat better. And then I just told myself, well, you know, it, it even goes further than just like the working out and the eating right or well. Your mental health also has to be in a mm. space where you can do that for yourself, right? Huge. So, Huge. so if you're sitting there every single day and what you see in the mirror, you're not in love with yourself mm. and you don't even have that type of love and compassion for yourself, then why would you even want to, you know, put something good inside of your body, right? Yeah, what would motivate you to do that? Yeah, if you're in an environment where you're constantly being, you know, put down or someone's telling you that you don't look good, whatever the case may be, what's going to be that catalyst for change? It's going to be so much harder for you to, you know, hey, I'm going to take a walk for five minutes or, hey, you know, I'm going to have this healthy alternative as opposed to eating what I normally eat, Mm -hmm. right? And so I do believe that there's a holistic approach to health, wellness, and fitness. And it shouldn't just start with trying to look like a bodybuilder Mm -hmm. or trying to look like, you know, this Instagram model. It should start with like right where you are at that current moment in time and loving yourself. I love that so much because that's what got me really excited about yoga. Um, Obviously, yoga is like ancient and has been in societies for so many centuries. But Mm -hmm. um, now with this new kind of uh, trending of yoga in mainstream mainstream society um yes it's kind of taking away from the ancient kind of practices and um but also it's kind of also letting people know that yoga is for everyone and the thing that i love most about yoga is that it's not just um you know your physical health it's um mind body and soul fit fitness um uh, if you will um it's, it's kind of connecting the um, external with the internal. And so um, really helping you, like you said, fall in love with who you are and seeing your body as like this holy temple um, that you should be taking care of every single day because you only get one body in this one life and um, your body is how you're going to show up in the world. And it's not about, you know, having a tight ass or whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> being able to do the splits. It's right. about um, it's about really nourishing your body, which will help nourish your soul. And um, and when we kind of look at that approach, that holistic approach to to not just yoga, but other aspects of our daily life and exercise and um, in eating well, I think that can help. It's my my passion is self uh, empowerment empowering other people to kind of um be the best selves that they can be Mm -hmm. um and so i love that so if you need help with your (laughs) social enterprise i'd love to help you out ah thank you so much and and it's crazy too you're talking about like yoga and how in a way people have kind of gotten away from the traditional sense of yoga Mm -hmm. and i also feel as if you know like nowadays people want like the cliff cliff notes version of like so many things right and i believe that it's, it's a two-edged sword because 
in a way making it more popular does introduce so many people to yoga right however there will be some things lost in translation because people aren't delving into the practice as deeply as you know you should right however just imagine if they were never introduced to yoga at all exactly exactly it's like people that bash kind of like goat yoga or all those kind of like trendy yoga things yeah that's not really the like deeper meaning of yoga but it does introduce people into it and like help them get their foot in the door kind of thing and then if they do feel like called by it then they can do their own exploration and delve deeper into what the practice really is um so yeah i think that that looking at the positives is always a really important thing to do um you know while have while having like a respectful view of it as well. So, um, okay, so bringing it more back into today, we met through the storefront story movement. So um, what kind of inspired you to get involved in that cause? Hmm. So honestly, Miko hit me up and she was just like, hey, you know, like we're doing this. She didn't even like really explain it too much to me, but she was just like, yo, you know, we're, in downtown San Jose and we're painting and you know I've been going to all these restaurants for years you know I'm from the community and with you know George Floyd's death there's been just like so many protests in downtown San Jose and people completely destroyed these businesses right and so because of that this is where you know her and her friends you know frequent and that was the calling for her and you know a few other students to say hey we can make a change here. Yes, you know, we understand that in this movement, you do need rioters, you need protests, you need people who are gonna be there, you know, to add support. And her way and the students' way of supporting this movement was to, you know, go and add up, like put some art for solidarity, Mm -hmm. right? To say that, hey, you know, like we are all in this together. And so it's crazy, all the businesses, they're not black owned businesses. You know, there's Korean businesses, Chinese businesses, you know, I'm sure there are a few like white business owners as well who are now like in the cause for black lives, right? Mm. And so this human rights issue doesn't just affect black people, it affects everyone, even though like right now, yes, we are focused on black lives because black lives do matter. And until we fix this problem, until we stop police from killing our black brothers and sisters in the streets, this won't stop. And so I just love the fact that her, as well as all of these artists came together and was just like, yo, we can make a change. And that's something that we need to continue to see. Absolutely. Not just when it's trending, but Mm -hmm. continue with this momentum and just keep it going until we see that positive change that we want to see in the world. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. And I kind of, you know, it's it's very self-reflective, right? Because the same way this movement is i believe that we should craft ourselves in the exact same way right and so understanding that we are a process right Mm -hmm. we're not gonna go from zero to 100 in a day or in a year right it's it's a cycle it takes time and i'm just thinking you know i remember when i first graduated from undergrad you know and i was just like holy snap like what am i gonna do i was stressed i was depressed you know going through like all these different emotions and didn't even know like what to do where to go and so i feel as if you know if you take that leap and then you make that commitment things are going to be okay yeah absolutely and so as um as a black man living in america at this moment in time what is your kind of personal take on everything um on this current movement um what are your views on it right now 
Wow, Ariana. I know, that's, that's a huge question. That, that's a huge question, and I'm going to do my best to do it justice. And so... That's all we can do is our best, right? Mm-hmm. And so in terms of this movement, I believe that what's going on right now needs to happen. Everything that's happening is happening as it should. It's... It's... For me, though, it's very heartbreaking, right? Because, number one, you have just like being black in the United States or just being black across the globe is almost a death sentence, right? And so now you have like all these different sides saying that, hey, you know, you should do this, you know, you should operate this way, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I believe that whichever way that you can contribute to the movement, and so many people are gonna completely disagree with this, Mm -hmm. but however you contribute to this movement, contribute right because if you stay silent as many people have been doing then nothing's going to change and so it's it's going to take a cohesive effort you know i was talking about businesses but it's going to take business it is going to take government even though oftentimes they move very very slowly and often not in the interest of the people who they should be protecting and should be serving unfortunately and so and so that's also the sad part um i've been i've been so sad i'm not gonna lie to you i've i've been more sad and angry than anything but then sad angry and then also very very hopeful Mm -hmm. because i've been seeing like so many people who would never even talk about race or who were afraid to you know speak out about race or even like injustices right? right come out and say well hey you know this isn't right Mm -hmm. and so the next time they're at work and they probably see their boss you know treating someone in a way that they shouldn't they'll feel more apt to speak out about it right right? um the next time they're on the side of the road and they see someone who probably doesn't look like them being treated like crap they'll feel empowered enough to stand up and say hey don't do that this isn't okay this isn't how we operate as a society and we are all a part of this society And so we all do have this duty to make a change. Yeah, I think that it's it's saddened me as well that I didn't even realize that this was still such a big problem. And obviously it's um, terrible that it takes, you know, the deaths of of black people to bring this into the forefront once again. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not this isn't a new thing. Um, But I think because we're in this quarantine right now, people have no choice but to to wake up and see what's happening and kind of face it head on. Um, and so as a white woman, well, I'm half Hispanic as well. So as a half white woman, half person of color, <laughs> um, I have been trying to do my best to educate myself and to, you know, as much as it is difficult to be a part of, um, you know, listening to what's happening and being really overwhelmed by everything that I see on social media and everything, I think it's super important that we stay with it because if we just stay in the dark about it, it's just going to continue and that's totally not okay. And I'm sure I speak for a lot of people that um, I didn't realize that, you know, being silent about everything that's happening is being racist and so now I'm not afraid to say yeah I have racism in me because I have grown up in the society that is inherently and systematically racist and so now I'm taking the action steps to know you know educate myself I just was reading or listening to this audiobook on the way here called me and white supremacy and mm-hmm. it's scary to associate yourself with the term white supremacist um, because 
like you don't want to admit that you have this prejudice within you but if you don't admit it you're just becoming part of the problem um and so yeah I'm not inherently like I think that I'm better than people of color or whatever but um there are part probably parts deep within me that have been affected by this and so I'm doing my best to kind of you know see what I can do and and move forward and admit that I've been wrong in being silent and kind of what can I do now in the present moment so and so yeah I like you're talking about you know like teaching yourself and really going through this process right yeah and I believe that that's the best thing to do is to number one like understand where you are right like okay I'm not perfect and so we all have biases right whether you're black whether you're white it doesn't matter we all have biases right. however the most detrimental biases known to man right now are those like white supremacist bias towards black and brown people right. those are the most deadly mm-hmm. right because that keeps us out of jobs keeps us out of good schools you know even down to like healthcare, mm-hmm. right and, and in prison i just watched 13th that documentary oh yeah yesterday. of course and it's just unbelievable what we allow this country to do to its citizens mm-hmm. and the thing is we're far formed as a democracy a democratic republic right that is supposed to be for the people and so we've gotten to the point where we've elected leaders who are not operating in the best interest of the people right and so they're they're operating in the best interest of the few and unfortunately this to this point it has been you know the few being like rich white people you know in their interests however the united states would be nothing without black people without asian people without this complete melting pot of individuals and so right now i do believe that what we can do is like you said educate yourself right understand that hey you may be operating from a place of bias it's a thing um so this is a book that I read. It's by Jennifer Erbenhart, and she's a professor at Stanford, and she wrote this book on bias, right? And she started it, she started it, you know, with a very compelling story about her and her son, and they were on a plane, right? And so her son sees this black guy, and she's, she's black. Her son sees this black guy, and she goes, and he goes, hey, mom, it's daddy. And this guy had locks, his dad's basically bald, you know, probably a few shades lighter or darker than, you know, his Mm -hmm. actual dad. But he goes, you know, you know, that man like looks like daddy. And then she's like, yeah, you know, it's not daddy. And then the next thing that her son says is, I hope he doesn't rob the plane. Wow. Right? And so she goes, wait, what? You know, like she's dedicated her life to, you know, working with bias. And then now she's like seeing it in her son. So she goes, hey, you know, why do you why do you think that he would rob the rob the plane? You know, you you know, your dad, your dad wouldn't rob the plane. So why would you think that, you know, this guy would rob the plane? Right. And so it's just to show that, you know, even like a young kid. Right. With what he's seen on television to, you know, everything that he's kind of internalized over the years even has a negative like image of a black man in his head even though he wouldn't look at his dad that way right right it's so deeply ingrained in like every part of our society that it's 
it's yeah it's even with that mom that's doing that positive work with mm -hmm. bias um yeah it's just it's still ingrained in us and and it's also like I know that trauma is passed down genetically too and mm -hmm. so there's all this like genetic trauma from years and years of um prejudice and before that slavery and everything that we haven't addressed we mm -hmm. kind of have just swept it under the rug um and i think it's really good now that we're kind of taking a stand and hopefully having those conversations that need to needed to be had a long time ago mm -hmm. and so like even with you know growing up and like being in my 20s i learned that one thing that generally helps is leaning into discomfort mm. and so having tough conversations right it it may seem like a very very hard thing to do but just like any muscle the more you exercise it the better you get at it right and so totally. if you're if you're talking with someone and then you have a thought and it makes you very very uncomfortable to bring it up more than likely you should bring it up interesting oh yeah of course what if it's something that would be more hurtful than helpful well, I do believe that we should always err on the side of empathy. Mm -hmm. And so we shouldn't be here to like hurt people's feelings. However, what we should do is if it's like straight out of curiosity, you're like, hey, this isn't like meant to hurt your feelings. I do believe that we should understand intent, right? Mm -hmm. However, I had this thought, you know, I'd love to hear what, you know, you think about it. I think that framing is also very important. Right. And so if something's like making you uncomfortable and you're just like, ah. Eh, don't be afraid to ask mm. mm -hmm. don't be afraid to have these conversations yeah. because if everyone was open to having these conversations sooner we just wouldn't be in the situation that we're in now. yeah and it's okay to be wrong like it's okay to ask those questions with the fear that maybe i'm not going to know how to word this correctly but that, that at least you open yourself up to learning how do i actually word this correctly and mm -hmm. without that you won't ever learn um, so just, yeah, I love the Dr. Maya Angelou quote, um, do better, uh, do your best until you know better. And then when you know better, do, do better. better. Yeah. It's, and, and it's crazy too. Yes. If you know better, you should do better. However, it's, it's a hard thing, right? Because we're all humans. However, like I said, we do have this responsibility to ourselves and, and to our kids and to our kids, kids to do better. Right. Because if we don't solve it now, if we don't solve our, our issues now, if we don't deal with our hurt and our mental issues or whatever we're dealing with, if we're not taking care of our health, what are we leaving for our kids? Exactly. That's why I love that you're, you're focusing on, on the health and the internal image portion of, of helping, you know, heal the world. Um, because as, as important as it is to stand up externally, we also have to figure out what's happening inside of us because what I've learned over the past few years of my life is, um, actually what's inside of us is going to reflect externally. And so if we clean up the stuff that's inside of us, um, people of all races, you know, um, then the outside world would start to slowly reflect that positive change and move towards progress. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's, that's what it's really about. Um, I'm all for love and all for gratitude, right? I wake up in the morning and that's really how I start my day. I'm just like, well, how can I be grateful today? You know, how can I show some love today? And I believe that, yo, that's how we should all be living our lives. And if you live life that way, I feel like you can't really go wrong, mm. you know? Yeah, it's beautiful. I'm, I'm in a program, a 12-step program, where gratitude's like a huge thing in the, in the recovery portion. And um, 
yeah, well, that's one of the techniques is wake up every day and, you know, write five things you're grateful for because when you start your day off in that way, you're having a whole attitude shift and you're able to, like, see the nice parts of your day and rather than focus on the negative, you see the positive and um, then you're able to contribute more positively as well. Mm-hmm. So my mind just went to something and I, like, forgive me if I'm going on a tangent. No, please do. But, um, you know, you're talking about, like, this 12-step program, right? And how, like, writing down, you know, like, what you're grateful for is just a wonderful way to start the day. I didn't know this Mm -hmm. until I was, like, 24. Yeah. (laughs) How old are you now? Just 27. 27, okay. Yeah. So, I didn't meditate before then. I didn't do yoga. I, like, I worked out all the time. But, like, in terms of mental health and doing what I needed to do there oh I feel like I was just like completely just I didn't even drop the ball I didn't even pick it up you didn't know there was a ball there I didn't even know it was a thing right (laughs) what what woke you up to it ah so I was first job out of college and I was so stressed and I had moved back home with my mom um, with my family and I was just like working every single day and I enjoyed parts of my job, but I was just like, yo, this isn't life, right? Mm-hmm. And over the course of a year, I slowly, you know, stopped working out, you know, and then I was eating well, but I wasn't eating, you know, like what I should be eating. Mm-hmm. When it came down to like meditation, prayer, all that stuff, oh, I stopped doing it all, right? Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't until one day I was at home and my mom said something to me and I completely snapped, right? And she didn't deserve that. However, because of what I had going on and I just did not deal with it, then boom, like externally, I blew up on her. Yeah, again, the ugliness that's inside is gonna come out and reflect externally if you Mm -hmm. don't take care of it. And I just saw the look in her face and it was at that moment that I told myself like, yo, you've really got to do something about this, right? So like, I didn't even start meditating then. I took baby steps, Right. right? And so I just made sure that I started working out, you know, twice a week boom got back into it i started hiking a lot more and then i even started taking my niece on hikes you know i was just like yo if i'm enjoying this like you have to enjoy this it's like me running around with a two-year-old on my shoulders and it was it was great and then i told myself that you know well i'm around my family right now and although i love my family i could only learn but so much inside of this environment like Mm. i grew up in north atlanta you know from the fifth grade all the way until i went to college right and i went to college and then came back and i said yo the world is my oyster and so if i want to learn as much as humanly possible the best thing for me to do is to meet as many different types of people put myself in these environments where i have to stretch i have to lean into discomfort Mm. and so um I gave myself like a four month time period. I was just like, yo, I don't know where you're going to move, but um, it's about time to go. And I was looking for places um, in terms of like growth, innovation, technology, because I ended up quitting my full time job and I started consulting for a few small businesses in Atlanta. And I was just like, hey, I can do this. Um, I learned that I got myself burned out real quick because I took on way too much. Yep. Um, too quick. Too quickly. And so I was just like, hey, you know, um, I do like technology and it can make my life easier. So like, where can I move to? And I did like a Google search for innovation and growth. Silicon Valley came up. Austin, Texas came up. And I was just like, yeah, there's um, no way I'm moving to Texas. (laughs) So, um, yeah, 
California it is. That's awesome. And so here you are now. Mm-hmm. And how has it been since you've moved? And so it's been a great experience. Of course, I've had my ups and downs, but I believe that a few of the best things that I've learned from this experience um, is mindfulness, number one, because I didn't meditate before I came here. And so I had a few months where it was just like, okay, in the morning, it's almost like Corona, really. I was like in my own Corona period mm-hmm. where every more, well, with the exception of like being able to go to the gym and like work out, right? I'd get up, I'd go to the gym. I didn't have a job. I was living on like my media, like smallest like savings. And so I had a Planet Fitness membership. I was going there every single morning. I'd leave, I'd go home, drink a shake. Um, my dad also, like he's a contractor throughout California. And so like I stayed with him for a few months until like I could find my own place. And so I had so much downtime that I had no choice but to deal with, you know, like what I had going on. Yes, absolutely. That's so important to give yourself the downtime because especially here in the Silicon Valley, there's this pressure to always be do, do, doing. Um, And if you're not producing, then you're not being of worth and you're not worthy. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's what I found too in my own life is giving myself the downtime to explore and decompress and reflect on everything that's happened in my life thus far has been so necessary before taking the next step to move forward and on with my life. Um, And I'm still in that process of doing that. Right. Um, because it's lifelong work, you know. We all have our traumas growing up. Um, we all have things that we hold inherently within us that we don't necessarily notice until they become a problem. Um, but if we don't take the time to stop and, and look inward, then we'll never be able to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So um, thank you so much for, for joining me on this. And I always ask this question of my interviewees. Um, Knowing what you know now as a 27-year-old, what kind of advice would you give your 19 about to turn 20-year-old self? Ooh. So what I would tell my 19-year-old self is, hey, just go out and do it. And, And don't be afraid. You know, be open and also be honest with yourself. Those are the things that I would tell my, my 19 year old self that and also create a routine for yourself as well. Mm. Um, I believe that that's been very key to me, like being where I am now, journal, work out, do what you need to do for yourself so that you can show up for other people. Self-care is super important. Self-care is something that we are not taught as young kids. And I think it's number one, because in order to be good to others, you have to be good to yourself first. Mm-hmm. And so I know that was more than one thing, but yeah, I definitely... We'll let it slide. <laughs> yeah, you know, but the self-care, creating a routine for yourself and, you know, also like just do yeah. is what I give my 19-year-old self. I love that. Very, very powerful. Thank you so much for, for joining us. Anytime. Thanks for having me. This is wonderful. Thank you to Dijon for sharing his story with us here on Adventures of a 20-something. And thank you to all the listeners as well. If you like this episode, you can rate it and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or whatever platform you are using. You can also follow our Instagram page at adventures underscore 20-something to connect with our wonderful guests. If you know anyone you'd like to hear on the podcast, send me a direct message on Instagram and we can make it happen. Keep listening in for more fun with some 20-somethings to come. Thank you.